Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 16, There But For The Grace. The original air date for this episode was February 18th, 1991. We'll come up with a better title by the end of this recording. Mm Mm-hmm. The director was William Garrity, and the writer was John Considine, who plays a part in this episode. Uh, we oh. previously had him in the Logjam episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very recognizable actor, so when he shows up again here, I immediately recognized him from that episode. Um, so he plays the Aaron Sandler character here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, MacGyver helps a group of homeless who, uh, whose shelter is being basically threatened because the people in the community believe that they are bringing uh, the property values down and bringing crime in. Right. Um, and we start the episode with a priest who is about to head down a dark alley. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. He's supposed to be going to this council meeting, yeah. but he's so diligent in his rounds of handing out food to the homeless that he does not want to miss that. Right. Even though I'm sure an hour to go to this council meeting would probably be okay. Yeah. So he's got a bag full of sandwiches and... Yeah. Um, So uh, Father Jim, he heads out. And uh, uh, Rachel, his... I don't know if she's a nun or if she just works at the mission. Um, It's never really... Yeah. I guess none. I'm going to say none. Yeah. Yeah. he, he, Father Jim gives her instructions that if something should happen to him, and if you believe something that's going to happen to you, why are you going out yeah. uh, to call MacGyver and uh, to tell MacGyver black and blue yeah. if, if something happens to him? So, or you can be less vague and just tell him specifically what happened. Yeah, so tell him, if something happens to me, why don't you just t- You're going to know something happened to him. Yeah. Because... You go to the hospital. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get Black what this. Co- I There's don't get no what reason this code. for the code, and it doesn't get explained any better later. So Father Jim heads out, and he's handing food to people, and then uh, a particular man stops and asks if he has any money. I don't have the actor's name who plays Father Jim here. Um, Lori Murdoch. Lori Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, makes an appearance as the attorney for the archdiocese in Spotlight. Oh, okay. So another religious character. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other, yeah, yeah, it's kind of defending the church. Yeah, the other way. side of it. Uh, uh, a man named uh, who will come to know as named Mooney uh, asks uh, Father Jim for some money, and he's like, "Oh, I don't have any money at the moment, but I got some sandwiches. I got some sandwiches," and he is immediately descended upon by uh, a couple of other men. Yeah, they they. Bring him into a, what's I guess is a construction site area. Yeah. And after they knock him unconscious. Yeah, and then they just beat the crap out of him. Right. And from the distance, uh, another homeless person. Uh, uh, gosh, what was his name? Danny. Danny. Yeah. Sorry. I cause, because we were introduced. My note. My notes are arranged in such a way that until the character is introduced. Yeah. I don't have the information yeah. on them, and he's not introduced for a while. Right. Um. Yeah, but this is Danny who's watching on and, like, terrified, obviously, right. watching a man and someone he knows, as we'll come to know, yeah. be beat to death. Uh, 
So at the hearing, uh, which I guess is like it's not a hearing; it's like a city council, yeah, like meeting and yeah. open. We call it what do they call those when you have a open to the public thing? Who knows? There's a name for it, but I'm blanking on it at the moment. Uh, a town hall meeting, kind of like things like that. So they're they're all we have a, a man who's speaking out against the homeless, saying uh, they're causing the crime. They're they're making things dirty. It's unsafe to walk the streets at night. Um, and uh, MacGyver kind of comes in during this conversation and sits in the back with Rachel, who tells him that Father Jen is late, and if he was late, I was supposed to tell you black and blue. And MacGyver is even confused by this code because yeah. he says, well, that's a code for when you need help. So why, yeah. did, why did he just say, I need help? Yeah. If, if I disappear suspiciously, can you tell MacGyver I need help? It's the same amount of syllables as black and blue. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's more clear. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the chairperson is play, played by uh, Rebecca Tulin, who I only recognized as Fox Mulder's mother on the X Files. Oh, interesting. That was like the only the only thing that I recognized. Do you know from. who Danny is? Um, I looked him up. The actor's name is Scott Bellis. Why did I not have his information on my notes? He was also on X-Files as a rather important character. Oh my gosh. I, I, I did not make notes for him. You all have to tell me. Max Fennig. Why do I know that name? He's the kid that's obsessed with aliens that has uh, epilepsy. Oh. He has seizures all the time. He's like the, the first like... Okay, okay. Like un- underground UFO expert that, that Mulder encounters who's read every paper that he's written. And, you know, it's like I remember the He's name. He's in three, three or four episodes of, I think, three episodes of Xbox. God, I remember the name, but I can't, I cannot picture that him as that character. Yeah, he lives in a trailer, and Mulder oh, finds him. Yes. Really, really early on. That I remember. I yeah. remember the trailer. And uh, and MacGyver Mulder finds him, uh, and he starts having like a seizure, mm-hmm. and Mulder's just like holding him and trying to calm him down, and they get him to a hospital and everything. But um, he was apparently abducted when he was really young and he has epilepsy as a result of whatever happened to him. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because he's able to quote all these papers that Mulder wrote, even papers that he wrote under different names. Cause it's just like, he recognizes, I know, I know who wrote this. (laughs) So, but that it's a great character on the show. Um, during the council meeting, uh, an assistant comes in and, and takes the ear of the chairperson. And she says that, uh, father Jim has been assaulted and he's in the hospital in critical condition. Right. So, of course, Mac and Rachel go to the hospital. And if this episode had taken place today, the, all the infighting would have started right up again in this town hall meeting. Yeah. And no moment of silence or respect Reverence, would have happened. Yeah. yeah to, for this person having been beat. They would have gone, that's what, well, there Everyone it would have been like, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. we got to get these homeless people out of here. But instead, because this was the early 90s and people were still vaguely respectful and wouldn't turn this into like their political propaganda immediately everyone's just like oh no i hope he's okay i hope he's okay maybe we should take a moment to take a break maybe we should just figure this out so they head to the hospital and father jim is kind of rambling yeah but he he recognizes that macgyver's in the room and he's only able to say things like doc knows danny the papers um ask the doc you need to find the doc yeah and then he dies yeah, well, and then MacGyver's like, "All right, well, I'm going to go find the doctor." Like he said, mm-hmm. that's what I assumed he was talking about. We're in a hospital, and he said, "Find the doc." Yeah, like 
Lieutenant Rome, uh, Blue Man Kuma. Right, coming once back. again coming back as Lieutenant Rome. Uh, he says that that the the crime scene is pretty evident that this was a mugging because they stole everything. Yeah. Um, that's when the doctor comes out and says that Father Jim has passed away. Yeah. So at the funeral, uh, and men- the doctor here is Randall Wong, who was Lee Sing in Serenity. Okay. The guy that was yeah, yeah. living in the the ranch that MacGyver bought or won. So finally, his his appearance in that episode makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Like, I was like, I had a dream about someone who looked exactly like you. At the funeral, uh, people are carrying Father Jim's coffin. Uh, Some are looking, homeless-looking people. Right. I'm surprised MacGyver wasn't pallbearing, but I guess maybe he was more coordinating. Yeah. And he didn't want to be that close to the homeless people. Yeah. Um, Aaron Sandler, uh, this is where John Constantine comes. I'm calling him John Considine. Considine. That probably makes more sense. Um, Who, as you mentioned, played Foxworth in Long Jam. Right. Um, And wrote this episode. Yeah. A couple more, and we'll go on to write the Trail to Doomsday TV movie. Excellent. He he comes to give his condolences to Rachel MacGyver. Um, And this is where MacGyver sees a homeless man in particular, like touching the hearse and kind of like having a moment with the body. Yeah. And Rachel says that that's Doc. And uh, Doc is played by Nicholas Coster, who done a number of things, but the most notable thing for me was uh, he was on Sheriff Lobo. Okay. Good old Sheriff Lobo. I don't know that one. Um, he was like a, it was like basically like uh, Andy Griffith. Like he was just like, a goofy sheriff in this local town. Yeah. Um, but it's played by Claude Akins. Oh, okay. Um, it was a goofy show. It was yeah. fun. Also in um, the Mr. Burns' Bear episode, when Mr. Burns rolling around in, in his bed, he says, Bobo, give me back my Bobo. And when it cuts later to Homer, doing this, he's like, Lobo, bring back Sheriff Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh so Rachel's worried that the police aren't going to catch the killers because yeah. they seem to think that it's just it's just like homeless people yeah. uh, fighting. There's no way because the homeless people only talk to each other. They won't talk to the police. Right. So this is where MacGyver once again goes, goes undercover. undercover and uh, he's asking around now dressed as a homeless person. Right. Uh, in, in fact, one of the attackers, Mooney, sees him lurking around and kind of like discreetly shuffles away. Yeah. And these uh, are all like central casting hobos. Like nobody looks like an actual homeless person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 dressed more like like the evil visions in Sam Lowry's Brazil dreams. They're just in rags. Yeah. Or like all the homeless people in Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they're, none of them are actually wearing clothes. They're just wearing rags. Yeah. Um it's more of a biblical kind of look. Maybe that's what they were going for. What is the guy's name that freezes to death in Scrooge? Um, I always forget that actor's name. Herman. Oh, the, the actor's name? The actor's name, Okay, yeah. yeah I, 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 he's in a lot of stuff, but I can't yeah. remember his name. I only remember his character name from I Scrooge. I keep thinking on it. Herman. Guess I should have given you the two bucks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Such a good movie. Ah, it's, it's so emotional and funny. Yeah. And it is really one of the best Christmas movies. Yeah. Even though it's pretty dark. Yeah, it's super dark. All the stuff with Ellie Louder Milk too. Mm-hmm. It's such a great name. <laughs> it's a little late to be getting this kind of feedback. 
<laughs> Elliot Loudermilk is leaving early today. <laughs> Let me see that towel. Towel. VHS. Most of these are towels. Be wrong once. Uh, I didn't get him that. My ex-secretary. <laughs> Oh, we could, we could, you and I could just run through that, that whole, whole movie. whole movie, probably. Um, I'm still trying to remember that actor's name. I want to say it's Michael something. Michael Ian Black. He's in Tango and Cash. Mm-hmm. He's in... Oh, man. Old Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Odd-looking guy. He's in, he's in, like, a town full of children or something like that. Ah. In, like, the original series. Okay. It's so funny how the first season of Next Generation just basically copied almost every episode of the original series first. Yeah. Um, and some of them, it just referenced them. Like, the one, I think it's called The Naked Time or something like that. The Naked Now. The Naked Now. Yeah. Yeah. But they did, like, it's like a sequel episode. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they refer back to the, the case study of the exactly, original yeah. time. Yeah. That's where Data has sex with Tasha Yar. Really? Yeah. That's right. It's great. It's so great because after the end of the episode, she comes and talks to him, basically saying, don't you tell anybody about what happened. Yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, so MacGyver is now undercover, and he's looking around for Doc. He's asking people around if they've seen him, and he finds a photograph in like one of the little homeless hobbles. Yeah, of Jim and the Doc. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and that's when Doc jumps him with it, like with a weapon, saying, "What are you doing here? What do you want?" Um, uh, and he immediately starts having a panic attack, and has trouble breathing. And MacGyver now is help trying to help his own attacker yeah. to calm down. And uh, when he realizes that it's Doc, and he says that his name is Grazer. Yeah. Uh, and he said that if when Father Jim died, he said for me to find you. So he's being honest in his dishonesty. Uh, Doc has like really bad anxiety attacks, and that's part of the reason that he's he is homeless. As we'll come to learn. But, yeah. Uh, he tells Doc about his last words that he needs to find Danny, and that there are some papers, and he he basically needs his help. I'm thinking uh, that guy's name is Michael J. Pollard. Now I have to look it up. It's driving me crazy. Yes, Michael J. Pollard. He kind of reminds me of Stephen oh, First. Oh, wow, that's what he looks like now? He reminds me of Stephen First. Yeah. This is what he looked like on Star Trek. He was like the lead kid in a town that was populated by children on some planet where nobody lives past like 15 or something. Mm-hmm. No, in a really, really strict Logan's run. Yeah. It was like that reality show Kid Town or whatever it was called where they mm-hmm. tried to let a bunch of kids run a Western society. But then like... Two weeks into the production, like some kid drank a bunch of cleaning fluid from under a sink, and they were like, "Oh, this is why we don't do this as a society." Kids are stupid. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, so Doc agrees to help MacGyver find Danny, who's luckily nearby. But Danny is uh, very mentally troubled. He doesn't yeah. speak. Um, he's very skittish, and he shouldn't really even be out on his own. Yeah, he's supposed to still be. In, he should be an institutionalized. Not like as a threat, but just like for his own protection. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver and 
Doc, you know, Doc introduces MacGyver as Grazer, and uh, and then he Doc says, "I gotta go." So yeah, uh, MacGyver tries to open the lines of communication with Danny, but Danny is very reluctant to speak to him. Yeah, so he start he starts trying to get some other means of information, like trying to coax him into talking, but it's not working out. So MacGyver just looks for Doc again because maybe Doc can help him to talk to Danny. Yeah. But Doc is talking to a young girl. Yeah. And they seem to have, be having kind of like a tender moment. Yeah. And then she leaves and the Doc heads it back over to MacGyver. And he says that that was his daughter. Yeah. And that her mother doesn't like her coming around here. And, but she comes to visit him and give him food and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, there is a homeless girl somewhere in this episode who's just credited as homeless girl. Mm-hmm. Um, played by Amanda O'Leary, who I think most people would recognize as Miss Chang from Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. <laughs> You're just going to keep squeezing those Xenon references. I've decided that's the... going to be a recurring thing now. Every time someone's been on Xenon, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> I should mention that over the course of this podcast there's been like certain titles that every single person who's been on MacGyver has been on this other thing mm-hmm. so I'm going to start pointing that out well, cause like I've the, just decided that Xenon is the one that I'm going to harp on but well, we've had 30 people from Xenon already on this show and well we're, you know what else I've noticed is that it's always in people's list is like Sherlock Holmes of the 21st century which was some yeah. kind of animated educational program but a almost, lot of people from the movie stay tuned for some reason yeah 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 um, also, as you know, we know, as we know, Star Trek and stuff like that. And so Magnum. A lot of, it's, it's almost like these people are actors who are... Live in a universe where actors go from one series to another. Uh, almost like that. Almost like Anyway, that. Xenon is the one I'm going to harp on <laughs> from moving forward. On. All right, fair enough. I've harped on Star Trek We don't have enough. many episodes left, so <laughs> it's not like you're going to have to deal with it. We'll wait in the game. It. We'll go back and retroactively. Yeah. 19 more episodes after this. So, um, uh, Mac returns with, uh, that night to talk to Danny and, uh, he said that he was able to forage in the area for food. He got some mushrooms and some lettuce. Yeah. Uh, he talks about how Harry taught him to do that because mm-hmm. they went camping one time and they put all their food in a bag and a bear got it. Yeah. And so they had to graze. Mm-hmm. And Danny, like, realizes the connection to his name. He's like, oh, yeah, see, Gray is Grazer. Yeah, yeah. I also like the accent that MacGyver's putting on. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and MacGyver pulls out a, or there's like a, I think he has everything wrapped up in a newspaper. And when he unfurls the newspaper, there's an article about Father Jim, and Danny flips out. Um, Mac tries to communicate with him, suspecting that there's something in the picture that he saw. And he... He he's, and he says he says okay. What if you just mime? You know, he's like gestured how many. He's like so he's able to get out that that there were three guys total, and one of them drove an expensive yeah, car. Yeah, two of them killed uh, Father Jim together or beat him up together, mm-hmm. and the third one was picked them up in an expensive vehicle. Yeah, um, Danny points out one of the people in the picture, and Doc is able to confirm the identity as Mooney. And right. he says, that guy's trouble. Wherever he goes, he starts fights. Uh, he steals. He's, he's just not a good guy. Right. But nobody points out Aaron Sandler, so MacGyver doesn't know that he's even a part of it yet. Yeah. So Max starts asking around for Mooney, and he asks Doc to go through Father Jim's paperwork. 
because he's welcome at the mission. People know who Doc is. Right. Uh, as Mac wanders the streets looking for Mooney, he's there just in time to see Mooney get stabbed in the guts. Yeah. And uh, the guy who's doing the stabbing, uh, oddly enough, Star Trek reference, the guy's name's Riker. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, not related to Star Trek, though. Um, he runs off. Uh, Mooney is dead. And so as MacGyver tries to chase Riker down, they both kind of climb a fence and there's some kind of security guard or police that's waiting there. Yeah. And But he lets one guy go. Yeah, he lets Riker go because Riker's all, this homeless guy's crazy. He's coming after me. I just saw him stab another guy. And MacGyver's trying to say, no, look, he's the killer. You can't just let him go. You yeah. Get the police here so we can both be questioned. MacGyver's willing to, to stay. Yeah. He's willing to see that this looks bad for him too. But the other guy's like, no, you're homeless. You're the one to blame. Yeah. Uh, so he lets Riker go, uh, and MacGyver gets arrested. MacGyver should have been like, but no, I'm not really homeless. Yeah. If I were homeless, I would understand completely what you're doing. But mm-hmm. look, I have my not homeless badge. <laughs> crap, I left it in my other not homeless uh, clothes. crap, it's in my other rags. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, uh, Lieutenant Rome lets MacGyver out, and he says, "Well, good thing. Good news is we we found the criminal who killed uh, Father Jim." Yeah, Mooney. Yeah, he's dead, but he had everything that was stolen from Jim's body. Luckily, conveniently. Yeah, how convenient is that? He had all of it. He had every cent, every cent accounted for. <laughs> so of course MacGyver doesn't believe what's going on, and he says that. That there's still another suspect out there. And, and even Lieutenant Rome is like willing. He's like, okay, well, if there is, we need to find him. Yeah. And so MacGyver is forced to go back undercover. Especially but, since he can ID Riker. And yeah. as he's exiting the police station, Riker happened to be meeting with uh, Aaron Sandler. And so now we get the first implication that Aaron Sandler is involved. We yeah. still don't know how yet. Because all we know really about Aaron Sandler is that he works in the area and he employs homeless at his factory. Yeah. Um, so as MacGyver heads out, Sandler goes, oh, well, this is good news because that's the homeless guy who can ID you. And I happen to know for a fact that he's not homeless. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Doc is going through Father Jim's paperworks. Uh, paperworks? His, his works yep. of paper. Yep. Um, and... Uh, uh, MacGyver comes in as Grazer, but Rachel immediately blows his cover. Yeah. And she goes, oh, hi, MacGyver. Ah. Oh, sorry. Did he not know about that? And he's like, oh, I guess there was really no reason for me to continue this yeah. charade. So Doc is, of course, really upset at the betrayal and starts having one of his trademark panic attacks. But MacGyver is able to explain that he needs Doc's help. He's the only one who knows enough about what the area and who to talk to. Yeah. Um, we need someone who speaks hobo. Yeah. Uh, Doc had found something, though. He had he'd found that people were being discharged from local state-run hospitals, but the government money was still coming in for those people despite them being discharged. Yeah. Uh, Doc called up the hospital and spoke with someone who used to work there um, and said that the guy who ran the hospital was this name, guy named Arthur Reuter, but Reuter vanished when people started to realize that there was something suspicious going on. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Mac has Doc keep working because Doc was a school teacher and according to him, he can read 2,000 words. A minute. A minute and have 100%, 100% comprehension. comprehension. 
Um, so, I mean... I, I can read 2,000 words a minute, but I have 0% comprehension. Yeah, 0% comprehension. <laughs> uh, so, Max says he's going to head over to the library and see what he can dig up there. But for some reason, he does it as a homeless person, which I thought was going to cause trouble, but doesn't. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Aaron Sandler has arrived, and he says, Well, i got good news. I'm going to bring tons of coats. Yeah. <laughs> coats for everybody. Yeah. Um, and you should bring everyone who's homeless, especially any homeless people who might have witnessed murders. Yeah. They should come. They should, they'll get two coats. Anybody who witnessed a murder gets two coats. Let them know that. Um, he ends up having to kill like 50 homeless people who just lie about murders. Well, it, it only benefits him either way. That's true. Uh, so, you know, Rachel, of course, is over, overjoyed to hear that of Mr. Sandler's generosity. It is kind of weird that this whole conspiracy is supposed to make the homeless people look less safe, and he's only killing people with homes. Mm-hmm. It's like, wouldn't it be in his best interest to just kill the homeless people? Why even bother orchestrating that? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, MacGyver's at the library, and he, uh, he manages to find a photo of Arthur Ruder in one of the magazines. And you'd think that Aaron Sandler would have the foresight to change something about his appearance, like nope. grow his hair out or no shave way. his mustache. But no, luckily, Arthur J. Reuter looks exactly like Aaron Sandler in every possible way. Yeah. Uh, maybe even wearing the same suit. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. The picture was taken earlier today. Uh, and so, but Max still has to enlarge the photo yeah. in order to verify it. So he takes a, a hairpin. No, he didn't. Yeah, I, I got I got where you were going. He da- he drips it, dabs it in the al- alcohol. Yep. Um, yeah. Also, this is the early '90s. Like, photocopiers did not do enlarging all that well. Uh, I I find it really hard to believe that uh, he was able to get such a crisp, clear enlargement from a library photocopier. Yeah. Uh, but he does. And he's able to confirm that's definitely Aaron Sandler. Yeah. Credited as Arthur Reuter. It wasn't a mistake in print, hopefully. Yeah. Because that's all that <laughs> It's really... just a typo. Yeah, that's all. He would say, well, that's, it says, clearly my name is Aaron, Aaron Sandler, and that says Arthur Reuter. There's a mistake here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as Mac is kind of getting the information and he's heading out, Riker grabs him outside the library yeah, and takes him to the same spot where he killed Father Jim, which we're now kind of seeing in more daylight because at night you really couldn't see what it was. It just looked like a weird room. Yeah. Uh, but now we see that it's actually an open construction site. And uh, MacGyver is co- trying to like get a little bit of information from him. And when MacGyver's trying to talk to him and not looking forward... Riker goes, hey, watch your head, you dummy. (laughs) So (laughs) MacGyver ducks under this pipe and then swings it at Riker and knocks him to the ground. It is weird that he warned MacGyver, like, look out, you're going to hit your head. That could hurt. I'm about to shoot you, but you might accidentally hurt your head slightly. Yeah. Um, So MacGyver finds some rope and is about to tie him up. But instead then decides just to staple him to yeah. to the floor instead. Is it a staple or a nail gun? It's a staple gun. Oh, okay. Yeah, he staples uh he staples Riker to the to the floor. Yeah. Which seems like it would take longer than tying him up. Yeah. And probably be less effective. Yeah. Uh so 
uh, MacGyver makes it back to the mission, but Sandler uh, is already there handing out coats to people. And when Rachel gestures to Danny, he's like, oh, there's Danny. Danny, come get your coat. Uh, Aaron Sandler goes, I'll take Danny a coat. And so Aaron Sandler takes Danny a coat and then takes the coat with Danny inside of it to his car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but most importantly, the coat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really nice coat. Uh, MacGyver, of course, is too late uh, as they drive off. Uh, but uh, Mac is able to chase them down on a Vespa. Right. Someone's Vespa, luckily, was there. Um, uh, and apparently, where whatever Sandler owns is some kind of ceramics factory. Uh, I, I, I don't – I thought he was some kind of land developer, but I guess he just runs this ceramics factory. Yeah. And uh, – They make clay toilets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why not? You know, for the fragile pooper. <laughs> uh, Sandler puts down a knife and with gloves on, and he asks Danny to pick it up. Yeah. Because he wants Danny's prints on it. And this is the same knife that was used to kill Mooney. Yeah. So this would be like another link in the chain. And then he says, come at me, bro. Danny killed Mooney. Mooney killed Father Jim. Yeah. But of course, Mac interrupts and says, don't touch the knife, Danny. Why would you do that? Danny, stop what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so. And Danny says, because he doesn't talk. Yeah. Uh, what I love about this next scene is that Sandler goes... MacGyver, I don't suppose we can make a deal, huh? And MacGyver's like, no. What? No. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a... What, what did you have in mind? <laughs> uh, of course, MacGyver declined. No one's ever considered bribing me before. This yeah, is actually... This is really great. All right. You know, houseboats are pretty expensive. Pete doesn't uh, pad my account much. Yeah. As much as a friend should. Um, Sandler reaches behind his back. Um, and Danny finally gets his line for the movie, for the episode, so he, they can pay him. <laughs> yeah. He says, God bless us, everyone. <laughs> um, also, gun. Gun. He yells, gun. Uh, Mac finds a uh, gas line to one of the furnaces and fills a rubber glove up with gas. Yeah. Um, and then puts a, a, like a light bulb above it. Yeah. His goal is to... Like, what are the chances that there would be... An electrical outlet right there mm -hmm. with a – it just seems like there's no way that someone would have run electricity right next to an exhaust for a gas outlet. See, I would have just left the gas running. And then just – and don't even plug a light bulb in. Yeah. Just like have it so that you flip a switch to turn on the light and then mm -hmm. as soon as the electricity goes to the the, the filaments, the, yeah. the bulb filament, then it just explodes. Uh, so – but instead MacGyver hides and – Tries to throw things at the light bulb. Yeah, just chunks of clay that are on the ground. Uh, so when he finally manages to get a good throw, um, the glove blows up, and Sandler is just totally knocked down. Yeah, it like blasts him across the hall, which I, it wouldn't do. There wasn't enough gas in. This yeah, it, w it would have gone just. It would have just been a loud sound. It w I don't even think it would have been that loud. My my physics teacher filled balloons up with uh, natural gas and put. Um, other elements and stuff inside. So when you ignite them, you would see the color yeah. spectrum from the fire. And it just goes... Whoosh. Yeah, it goes... Whoosh. Yeah. But this thing explodes and blasts him across the yeah. hall. And he knocks over an entire 
shelf of toilets, mm -hmm. which all completely collapse under his weight. Yeah. Which a toilet should not do. Because they're, they're all made of, of clay and yeah. not porcelain. Instead of porcelain. Uh, <laughs> uh, at the end of the episode, Act 5 Roundup, Danny is being taken to a proper home. And uh, Doc is fancily dressed for a homeless person. Right. And because his daughter is there to meet him. And Doc is now going to work at the mission. Yeah. Because he's going to get over his anxiety and, and be a helpful... Uh, and so MacGyver is saying his goodbyes to everyone, but he makes a special goodbye to Doc's daughter, who he's only just met in this scene. Yeah. He's like... He hasn't spoken a single word to. Yeah, it's like, and he says, and Allison, I'll be seeing you again. Yeah. <laughs> and Allison gives the most disinterested response. She goes, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. It's, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Allison, I'll be seeing you again. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, she is just not... Whoever you are. Yeah, whoever you are. What did they say your name was? Grazer? Grazer? MacGyver? McGrazer? Is that you? McGrazer. That... Uh, yeah, so there but for the Grazer uh, is no, the episode. No, no. Okay, we didn't come up with a title, so maybe that... McGrazer's women? That now. <laughs> McGrazer's women. <laughs> um, hold on. What are we going to call this? I don't know. Shoot. <laughs> Homeless. All right. Okay. Theorem for the Grace is the best possible title for yeah, this episode. We were wrong. We were wrong. We were so wrong. I would have called it Clay Toilets. I mean, if we could call an episode Soft Touch because Penny's going to go interview for yeah. a dishwasher detergent, then this episode could be called Clay Toilets. So, what was the plot of this episode? What was Aaron Sandler's goal? I th was he, he wanted to expand his development of his factory. And he needed to devalue the property by having homeless crime? Or he needed the homeless shelter gone? I don't think that he wanted... He didn't need, he didn't the, need the homeless people to leave because he needed them there to devalue the property. Yeah. But he needed – so that's why he had to kill people that weren't homeless people because he needed there to be outrage and he needed it to be a threat on the people that live mm -hmm. there, not just an infighting with the homeless people. But it didn't seem like he was actively trying to shut down the mission because he's so friendly with them and he donated money to it. Yeah, it's to like, keep it in business. Yeah, the, you're, what I don't understand what. Well, your he goal wanted was. homeless people around. He just wanted everyone to hate them. Yeah, that uh, that that seemed to be his goal. Even though he was hiring them to work at his ceramics factory. Yeah. For I imagine below minimum wage. Yeah. Just paying them in sandwiches and jackets. I I really don't understand what his goal was. I don't understand why it was necessary to kill Father Jim. Yeah. Um. Uh. Ew. Why was it necessary to kill Mooney? It seemed like Mooney was totally on board with his plan. Well, Mooney seemed a little unstable. I guess. Because um, he showed up at the funeral, and that's, I mean, obviously Aaron Sandler did too, but Mooney could be ID'd. Aaron Sandler probably couldn't, even though he was probably driving that car. Yeah. Um, but Mooney seemed like when he was at the funeral, he seemed really shaken up. Because I, I think that was something that wasn't explored in this episode enough. I think Mooney felt guilty about what he had done because Father Jim was trying to help the homeless. While he was a homeless person who was kind of a jerk, yeah. he was still homeless. Yeah. And, and 
when the Riker and the other guy take Father Jim into the back room, you can see he's like really conflicted. Yeah. He's really conflicted at the funeral. And then when he sees MacGyver, he's really afraid. Yeah. I think he maybe the reason they they killed him is because he tried to back out. Yeah. Well, maybe they could have shown that or shown him like, yeah. I, I feel like his character had something more to do. And instead they just made us seem like we should hate him. Yeah. Uh, and while it is a bittersweet ending for Doc, at least you know he's working at the mission. At least he'll have a place to stay, and he is an intelligent person. He just can't function in society anymore. Yeah. Um, his nervous breakdown just prevents him from doing it. Uh, but we get the hopeful moment that he's going to have better relationship with his daughter. MacGyver seems to make the promise to visit an awful lot of people, and I feel like the rest of the series should just be him pr- keeping up his promise. Yeah, visit. season seven is literally just him checking back in on folks. He's got because he's got to check in on. Uh, it's a clip season. Yeah, he's got to check in on uh, 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 Carla Trumbo. He's got to check in on the other woman who tried to kill him in Jericho Games. And then we got to have some kind of closure with Romberg. Yeah, and uh, Danny in the hospital. He's going to come back and visit the mission. Which which Danny? Danny Cooksey from the Eagles. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. He's going he's gonna to come back and, and visit with Danny Cooksey. Uh, he's making an awful lot of promises he doesn't intend to keep. Yeah. I think that's MacGyver's biggest flaw. He has to go check back on uh, two Eagles. Yep. Uh, but other than that, this episode is... I mean... It's pretty heavy-handed because even the, the last bit of the episode is, um, like, even Sister Rachel or Rachel is, like, kind of having doubts that they can help the homeless. Yeah. But he says, well, someone's got to start. Yeah. Um, and and so, like, they, they're trying to – there is some PSA aspect to this, like, you know. Homeless people are people, too. They're, they're people, too. They're pe- and I don't like the speech that MacGyver gives Doc. He says, the only difference between you and me is a little bit of luck. Yeah. Um, I feel that that's very, uh, like, well-to-do. That's a very well-to-do excuse. It's like, I'm just luckier than you. Yeah. It's like, that's not really a nice... That's not. That's kind of condescending. In I the, mean, it's better than pretending that he deserves the situation that he's yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just... Diff- I would say, I would maybe put it as different circumstances rather yeah. than to say that I'm just luckier than you. Yeah. Like, like, cause that, 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 that because hurts. if we had the exact same physiology, then I would have your anxiety attacks yeah. and all of the problems that come with it. Um, but to to imply that I'm lucky doesn't means that you're you just had your bad luck, yeah. or you've had bad luck. Um, so I think it's more than that. Yeah, it's more than just luck. Um, but um, you know, MacGyver didn't. I don't think he. I don't feel that he meant oh. wrong from that statement. I just felt that was a very weird thing to say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of this episode, but yeah. it's... It also, it took like a really, really long time to get started. Yeah. Like you have a murder happen right up front, but then after that, we spend maybe 15 minutes of MacGyver just wandering around this like Hooverville, trying yeah. to figure out like what's going on Trying to people. find some information. And when he wants to talk to Doc, they, they spend a lot of time between lines in the dialogue mm-hmm. of just like waiting for the next person to talk. And yeah. then when he goes to talk to Danny and Danny's not even talking back, like there's these really long periods of silence where it's like, okay, I get it. You guys are trying to like burn footage, mm-hmm. but we need we need to keep moving. This episode has to be about something. 
And yeah, like you said, the the villain's plot doesn't make super sense. It's it's never fully explained what his goal is. We yeah. understood his goal from his previous villainy, where he was cashing checks from these homeless people and sending them out on the streets. Um, uh, but that his new plot, I don't understand it. I don't have enough time with him as a villain because we don't know he's a villain until like halfway through the third act. Yeah. Um, he's because he's been a nice guy all the way up to this yeah. point. Uh, so, in fact, he, he is, for, for the amount of villainy that we're supposed to have, he has the least amount of screen time than anyone in this episode. Yeah. Because he spends more time with Doc or Danny than he does, than we do with Sandler. We don't even have private moments with Sandler that we get with other villains, except yeah. for that scene in the car. You, usually when you have a villain, we spend time with them. Yeah. We get to have them having their conversations about villainy and doing the things that they're going yeah, to do. Yeah, he doesn't, he never monologues. Yeah. Uh, this, this is the point of a monologue is to explain the motivation of the villain. Yeah. So I, I feel in those uh, those respects, this episode has a lot of weaknesses. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it is... Most of all, the title. Yeah. Which should have been, as we discussed, Clay Toil. Hoboville. Hoboville. That's not bad. Ho- Hoboken. Hobroken. Hobroken. <laughs> no. <laughs> what does this have to do with New Jersey? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the end. Yeah. I think that's about it for this one. If you uh, guys have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. If you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're covering Season 6, Episode 17, Blind Faith. And thank you for listening. Thank you.